Greeting, Commanders, and welcome to episode 183 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix Defire Ford, head of archives at Slave Station, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this episode, we have our head of health and safety. That would be Commander Ben Mosswoodwood, Edley Weiss. I still haven't got any health or safety. Uh, joining him next to us is a very energetic Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Ah, bog off. Good evening, everyone. Hello. <laughs> and also in joining us, our Head of Inhuman Resources, Commander Shan. Hello. <laughs> and we have a guest commander, Base Commander Pom. Hello. Can I be Head of Cider? Head of, head of Cider. You can be Head of Cider. If you Thank wish. You. Although I, I want a bit of foamy. I want a bit of foamy. Although I, I, that does have to have approval from the chief bar steward. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many fingers are you putting in the cider? At least four. <laughs> that sounds fair enough. Then you're welcome to the welcome to the bar crew. <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game. Whereabouts in game are we hanging out, guys? I am currently at Lave Station with a few commanders here already who managed to beat me to it. We've got Cerberus Russo, Commander Dissington, Ophelius, Paul Archer and Valadium are here already. Wow. So basically, uh, we're outside Lave Station, so come join us if you like to. Um, if you can't get in game, we're also on Twitch chat, which you can actually access through laveradio.com slash Twitch. Click on the live chat, and of course, at twitch.tv slash laveradio. Right, well, um, we'll just quickly go round what everybody's been up to this week, uh, and we have a lot to get through, so let's make it quick, guys. Grant, how are you doing? Doing good. I've um, been uh, doing some exploration, actually, to try and get my exploration link to, link, <coughs> rank to elites. <laughs> yes. um, that's, the, that's the plan, to try and finish off, and then I'll be on to combat, and then... Do they do elite and mining yet? I hope not. And no, not yet. Uh, other than that, it's been you know bathroom. The walls have been sanded. The soft floor that's going to go under the tiles has now gone down, which is fantastic. So that means we are so now. Can going I to... can I ask something here? Yeah. What's the point of putting a soft floor underneath a hard tile? Right, it's quite straightforward. So, <clears throat> it's all about the fact that we. Welcome have... to the bathroom podcast, by the way. Yeah, we're back into that. Uh, it's all about the floating floor issues that we have uh, in the house, so that you can't really put tiling down that because it just tends to move and crack and stuff. And we're trying to go for a sealed floor, so we need to to build up layers of solid floors. This is a, a cement flooring, so it's kind of soft. It's easy to damage, but it's solid. So it doesn't flex. So unlike MDF and things like that, it's also water resistant. Doesn't bulge or swell. It just doesn't expand. It just stays as it is. So you're creating that top level and then using this sort of tape for the corners, and then it will be treated uh, with uh, tanking solutions. And then the tiles will go down an angle towards the drain, which is in the wall, and we will have a floor. Then the wall tiles will go up, and then we'll put the fittings on. And at that point, I might just share a photograph of it with you because it should be done, and you can see why it was worth waiting for. Oh, is it? Wow. Has any of, have either any of you used the um, 
what's it called the oh the Habitat plugin for um, the ED market connector. Is it the Habitat? I'm afraid no. What's that? Is it Habitat? I can't remember. I think it is Habitat. Anyway, um, it is a plugin that when you're doing exploration, I'm just gonna have a look at it and see what it says. Um, it will tell you all the information you need to know about whether or not there is um, any kind of earth likes possible in the current system you're in and roughly whereabouts they might appear so if you're looking at the Twitch stream you'll see that it says that earth likes in this system will be between 90 and 135 light seconds using the calculations that everyone's worked out as to where the natural zones are water likes terraformable systems I'm sure I can't remember what it is what the plugin is but it, I just recently put it in and it took me a wee while to work it out but it means that you jump in scan the star and then it gives you your information then you can check the system map to see if any of the planets fall within that range and then it helps you target your scans to maximise the best returns you can Habzone oh, that's kind of handy that's it thank you Habzone perfect well that's obviously a new definition of let's keep it quick um it's not ben, cheating. What have you been up to this week? Not actually a heck of a lot. Um, basically, trying to keep my lungs in still. Um, I tried a little bit of the meat and stuff just to see what all the fuss was about, and I, I got in there. I got a couple of missions done before they've gone off and pulled the plug in it. But I guess we'll be calling that later. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, I've been watching Frontier videos, playing Fortnite with my son. Um, yeah, that's really been about it. Fair enough. That's nice and sweet. Um, okay, well, Commander Shan, your um, turn. I've, I've had a pretty good week, really. Uh, out of game, I've been uh, finishing off some projects and um, getting my work all up to date. And in game, I've been gathering materials, ready to engineer the socks off everything I possibly can before the update hits. Ooh. Yes, and no doubt you'll have plenty to say in that later. Yes, I've taken two blood pressure pills, especially. I'm nicely chilled. <laughs> nicely chilled. Commander Pom, welcome. Um, what have you been up to that we're uh, not going to go into later? <laughs> yeah, very, very little in the way of computer gaming. Oh, there's my frog. Um, Mainly just playing around with a Monoprice Select Mini 3D printer, which is really good fun. And I I am incredibly jealous. Um, Well, (laughs) moving quickly on, um, in-game, I actually made Elite Trade. So I've caught up with everybody else. Because I think it's, it's Ben, Grant, and Fozza yep. have all managed Elite Trade now. Yeah, It's really quite embarrassing that even Fozza beat you to Elite Trading. Um, yes, that's, that is quite true. But I do believe I'm a lot higher up the, the combat scale than he is. So I'm quite relieved about that. If he beat me to Elite in combat, then I think I'd, I'd have to commit Harikari. Which in Elite Dangerous would be clear save, start again. <laughs> Uh, uh, unfortunately, out of game, I've had a, a bit of a hard drive crash. So that means that um, my development environment for developing the uh, the ED uh, RPG matching website and, uh, and and the looking for wing and trading and bounty 
site that I've been working on for a while. Uh, that that's kind of on hold until I can get a new development machine. So uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I was hoping it'd be ready next week, but damn thing. So enough of that. I think we'll have to go through the big news so far. Now uh, we've had we just finished the uh, the last frontier stream. So, do we want to just quickly go through some of the the later development news uh, news before hitting the big discussion points of of the stream? I think that makes an awful lot of sense. Okay, so we'll start with um, Howard Chalkley. Now, who is Howard Chalkley? He's a, he's a guy at, um, at Frontier, isn't he? He's the API guy guy at Frontier. Mm-hmm. So you know all the stuff that goes into the ED market track uh, market connector, or the Hudson Trucker tracker, and all that kind of stuff. That's all using data that Howard Chalkley gives us. Yeah. So um, he's confirmed that module data will be returning an API for three point zero. Because it was removed in two point four or something like that, and people went off and cried. Ooh, was, did it lead to a, Was that what caused the strike? No, that's not what caused the strike. But it was basically we had all the module data, so you could see, you know, you went off and exported your modules, and mm-hmm. you could go off and import them into uh, Coriolis or something like that, and you'd get all of your engineering stuff. And then after the update, that's all gone, and we all kind of cried. Um, and, mm-hmm. but it's coming back, so yay! Yeah, so that's that's a quick finger fingers up. Thumbs up, rather, not fingers up. That's, <laughs> that's just the wrong this is, this, thing this is going to back say. Well, was Pom's four fingers of cider, was that on air or off air? That was on air. That was on air. That's okay, then. Yes. You're just thinking about that, aren't you, Colin? I'm thinking of beer, yes. yes. That's my problem. Yes. Um, the other bit of development news which has been uh, announced today, and this has got a bit of a relevant feature for, I think, all of us. Um, the, there has been what they, they, they have charitably said is an exploit, which is the Smeated Orbital Bulk Passenger Run. Now, that has been, or is being pulled. Uh, be- Sorry, it wasn't just the Smeated Run. Um, that was a gold rush. It's just that's the one everyone knew about. Um, mm. What it was, was the way the mission generator um, created the rewards took into account the distance from the star of the destination station. Mm-hmm. So the greater the distance from the star, the greater the rewards. So any station that was more than about a million and a half flight seconds away from the star was eligible for a Smeaton-style profit. And what the update they did is they switched off that part of the calculation. Right. So I don't think that's right. I do think that Smeaton was possibly a little bit excessive. You know, sort of like getting a 20 million credit reward for doing a 40-odd minute journey. That is stackable. Is a little bit excessive. uh, It wasn't very stackable. Because uh, you have to, have to would... use that controversial, and it is controversial because I myself don't particularly like board fl- um, jumping and board and, flipping. Yeah, board flipping. Yes. Um, 
particularly, I don't think it's particularly nice. But I also um, remember that they did this with cargo as well um, and missions. But you found that actually what they did is they brought in something like, if you'd maybe get two or three changes to the standard mission table, which made it enough to not board flip. They just haven't done that with passengers yet. You know that every time you log in and log out, it refreshes and brings in new ones. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's definitely... I can't say anything bad about it. I was out there doing missions in Sweden and I made you know the last 20-30% uh, of my trade rank to elite out there. Um, mm. But it got me engaged again with the game. So I think is these... Is that just purely the credit reward thing that no, engaged it's, you? No, it was, it was more of having a reason for doing that. I, I don't know, it's something about the long flights and the boring bits that excite me. <laughs> <coughs> I know what you mean. It is, it is nice and relaxing, isn't it? So I think it was just a nice sort of way of... You know, it's, it's about making progress and feeling that you're making progress. There's nothing worse than doing 50 to 60 trade routes and you've made 50 million and you've moved your percentage bar by two to really give you a sense of the grind and then to get this passenger missions, which, you know, we all... I love... Uh, and it was nice to be able to do passenger missions and get uh, a reasonable reward for taking those long flights. You know, I would go over to Hutton and do it to Hutton as well and get the extra payouts there. Um, so in my mind, it is okay. It's maybe definitely worth looking at because it, like, like the original uh, rare quantities when they were, you know, not limited, an awful lot of people got elite trade rank within the space of, what, a week? Well, it was ridiculously yeah. because of that, that oversight. So I think these mistakes are good because they create myths and stories that go into our own journals. Of do you remember when they used to do that back in the day? I made my millions in that run, and then having that kind of in the old days kind of chat. Um, and I think it's quite. I think you know these mistakes. Whereas they can be, if they're not corrected, they can be devastating to the longevity of the game. Um, I think it's important that they are not treated too badly because they, uh, you know, for one, well, I'm one person that's been really invigorated by it and back into the game and enjoying it again. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, the thing about the Smeaton run was it actually got me interested in doing passenger missions. Never done them before. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed them, especially the bits when... Um, I started getting hostile ships genuinely coming after me. That was the kind of thing I wanted for passenger missions. I wanted to be a taxi service that came uh, under attack, and, and I got that. I lost a, a couple of T9s to it, but what the heck? <laughs> you, don't, you don't get any luxury travel with me. It's just basically a T9 shoved full of um, economy travel. <laughs> Cheap and cheerful. You you were like one of those little rubber boats that float across the Atlantic, outside of the Mediterranean, full of refugees. Um, I wouldn't say a rubber boat. I am. Um, it's probably more like the the boat from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> but basically, a pirate ship. Uh, just a rust hunk, Hulk. I think that's the point I was trying to make. But apart from that. We can see that the passenger bulk, uh, bulk missions have been stopped for the moment, so uh, I'm afraid um, that's it, really, for, until until they um, they come up with an alternative uh, approach. 
you know how you said that you liked doing the economy passenger missions? Have you tried doing any of the slightly longer range ones, but still within the bubble, where they say go off and see these geysers or the other uh, other scenes, the sight the sightseeing stuff? Because I really, really like them. Yeah, you know, that's not actually next on the list um, because basically those passenger missions that I did do, they kind of whetted the appetite. So um, obviously from the, the vast amount of funds that I've got, now I am now looking at a beluga and thinking, should I should I plunge for a beluga, get rid of the dolphin and really try uh, a couple of a, a couple of decent um, VIP runs and see what those are like. But what it has done is it, it's piqued my interest about it. Actually, I'm trying to think back. It wasn't the, the Smeaton run that got me back in. It was the station attacks and the rescue missions. I absolutely love them, you know, but again... They're still, they're still ongoing. I know, but they've become a bit passe. You know, you've, I've done them. I've saved people. Um, but let the others burn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, <laughs> who, who did the song? That was um, Fern. Oh, but let it burn. Yeah. Yeah. Resurrection Fern on Twitch. Um, an amazing yes. song. We had um, a, a band called The Boarding Crew do a version of The Stations on Fire, a cover of The Killers for the Hutton as well, which is a corker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting parodies being spurned on, but, yeah, but Fern is an amazing singer. Uh, check them out on, I think you can get them both on YouTube. Oh, no, you can't get the boarding crew on YouTube yet because they're doing a video competition. Oh, right. It's coming soon. So, um, Shan, have you got any opinions on, on the Smeaton run? Closing? Um, I think it had to happen, really, for a number of reasons. First of all, was when you have a way of playing the game, that is multiples more profitable than other parts of the game. It just causes an imbalance. And I'm thinking maybe one of the reasons why the stations aren't being repaired so quickly and the passenger rescues have died down is because everyone and their cat have run off to Smeaton to earn the money. (laughs) Now that that Smeaton's gone, uh, the activities people do will maybe diversify out again, particularly with the Beyond um, patch just around the corner. So it was fun. It was, you know... It, it was good. People earned a few billion out of it, but I think it was time to move on. Well, you know, you say that. I know that there is actively a collection of groups now forming with the intentions of repairing stations one at a time. Um, I'll see if I can get the information we can put it in the show notes, but we did a wee interview with them on Hutton um, to find out is uh, one of the guys who was in charge of it is the, one of the teabaggers. Yeah, it's one of the Wing Hazards, I think, was joining out, wasn't there, as well, to help uh, yeah, take some orbital. They're going to focus on one station at a time. Um, our calculations showed that if current, you know, if we did the efforts and tried to do it at the standard levels, that we would fix one station every six years at the current rate of materials being shipped to them. And given the additional three stations, we reckon that there there'd be about six hundred. Every six hundred damage stations, there would be something like one repaired. So it's good. <laughs> We're monitoring the stats to see um, how well you know they recover from that, and uh, whether or not we can um, turn that tide and get them fixed within a week. But it's certainly, it's requiring player groups focusing on it now. Uh, but the nice good news is that there is groups out there that are doing just that. If you want to get involved, check the forums. 
Do you think Frontier are going to make it like a game of whack-a-mole where we fix one station and then they go around and knacker it again and then so it goes around? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I'm, I'm of a different opinion of that because uh, I think that the Thargoids will start now moving towards the bubble and unless you repair the stations so that the Thargoids will still re-hit those stations, the Thargoids will get ever closer. I'm not so sure. I'm not oh, so okay. sure. My reason for thinking is, at the moment, um, they've been very careful to only attack stations where there's an Aegis presence, and they haven't actually blown them up. So they're almost like a hit and fade. They're almost taking out Aegis and leaving everyone else alone, because if they wanted to hit the bubble, they perfectly could, because they could just fly from the Pleiades all the way to Sol, flat Sol, and fly out again. It's not a, like a land battle where you have to take territory bit by bit. You can just go to wherever you want and get it. I'm looking at a comment in Twitch chat, and it's from someone that I know, and I'm wondering if they're having a bad day or something. <laughs> Their comment is, whack would put it past FDev. Now, I'm not sure if they've maybe mistyped that, and I mean that they should run that past FDev, or whether he's suggesting that doing a whack-a-mole might be beyond FDev's capabilities, which is just not like him to be that snarky. <laughs> but I think, you know, with the Thargoids, I think they're heading in a direction, and I think, you know, the next update is going to be critical, but I think the lack of stations, um, yeah, we need we do need to focus on yeah the, the the sort of key services and stuff that we're all going to rely on when we're, we're making our run out to colonia not that that's why i'm heading out there now to hide from thargoids at all oh right fair enough <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just following some of the twitch track the twitch trying to find this snarky comment that you run about but uh, i mean in the meantime we have two major live streams to discuss and so we'll we'll handle Thursdays first so just quickly everybody what did you think to Thursdays live streams was there any highlights there that made you just get excited we'll go with Ben first yes okay then do you want to expand on that a bit ben you know <laughs> comment on it like oh, you're right, supposed okay. to as a pundit oh right okay sorry yeah no i'm i'm have to i'm kind of squeeing over the chieftain um i really it looks like a maneuverable ship and i it looks like a ship i'd actually enjoy flying um you know currently my my fun ship to fly if i'm out doing a wee bit of low low intensity pvp or oh, not pvp but pve you know going off for doing some uh, bounty hunting or something like that i do i really enjoy taking the vulture out uh, just cuz it's so much fun to fly you, know, you you i take the i take the cutter out and yeah you know, you're you're side slipping around things and it's slow as hell yeah um Whereas you often take the vulture out and you know you're just swinging around the asteroids and it's great fun, and the chieftain looks like it's going to be exactly the same, um, and it's going to be good for pew pew and things like that. So I'll find out on Thursday or so what it's actually like, but I'm thinking I'm going to enjoy flying it. 
Excellent. He Done. didn't look to have the the the, the chief didn't look to have a bad jump range for a combat ship because I noticed it was twenty something light years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, admittedly, I don't think the ship was combat spec in terms of loads of the gills and everything, but compared to further lances and stuff, it didn't look too bad. No. Um, I actually liked the changes to the planetary tech. I thought the new planets looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, the trading the trading changes, I, I really like those as well. Uh, I might get back into trading, and, and I, I don't see them as replacing EDDB, particularly since the trading changes... Uh, I only have a limit of 40-ish light years, I think it was. So I don't see it as replacing EDDB, but what it does do is it complements it nicely and it gives the people who want to use in-game tools a much better tool set to do what they want to do, to be on a par with people who use EDDB. Mm. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was quite impressed with the uh, the trade tools. I mean, I've never used EDDB because basically... Um, trying not to boast here, but uh, I, I haven't needed to. I've managed to be able to trade without it. Uh, I haven't had needed the, the thing to go outside the uh, out the game for that. But I can understand why people get frustrated. I mean, EDDDB is good for basically planning out routes in advance when you're not anywhere in game. But I must admit, the, the trade tools that they were showing off there, I thought, yeah, that's, that's what needed to be done. <sighs> Right. Oh, go okay, on. so the interesting thing on in the trade tools is showing the demand or the system that's importing and the system that's exporting. And the higher, the bigger the icon, the more of the value there and the smaller the icon so that you can quickly tell at a glance. Except you can't, mm-hmm. can you? You can't. No, you have to. You, you, you can. You, you can it see what like the you can to me. You can. It's yeah, a 3D you... map. They get smaller when you turn around. Well, that, that, yeah, that's something you're going to have to see, I think, for in real life. What I want to know is what's it going to be like in VR? Yeah, that's one thing that I am. Well, I'm not concerned about it because basically I don't have VR, but I'm quite sure that the guys who have VR, Grant, um, how how difficult is the the galaxy map to use in the VR environment? It's it's impossible. It's not impossible. It's just impractical. What you end up having to do is if you use the keyboard controls, it makes it a little mm-hmm. bit easier. The problem is the disconnect to where your mouse pointer thinks it is in relation to your face and the way you're looking. So it just has so many factors in it that often you find yourself not able to click in the target you want. Um, in which case it's just usually a bit easier to use the keyboard um, or uh, I see. use I use an Xbox controller. I use an Xbox controller for my galactic map in VR, or I just use a bookmark. So I just bookmark everything yeah. I want to go to in advance. Yeah, that's exactly what If you pre-plan, it makes it easier. Bookmarks are so much easier than trying to mess around with uh, clicking on stuff. Uh, it drives you mental otherwise. On the, on the subject of virtual reality, I got a deluxe head strap for the uh, Vive, and I think remember when we talked about this at LaveCon last year, they were about £199, £250-odd quid, and I saw someone had mentioned that there was one for £100, couldn't find it, then I did. Scan had them for £99, it's the cheapest I could find them anywhere. And if you have a Vive, um, I would say if you've got a spare £99, this is an amazing update 
for your VR headset. Do not even hesitate. I, I agree with that. I've got one as well. It it felt so good. good. Okay. What's yeah. the difference? Right, what well, do they do? The original head strap, sorry to take us off at a tangent, the original head strap is a series of Velcro straps and you tend to find that when you have that on, it kind of rides up the back of your head and um, you know it's not quite as comfortable it doesn't you know you, you can adjust the headset quite well relatively easier uh, on your face with it and just set it down until you get the right focus line so the deluxe head strap has a plastic cradle that sits that fits the back of your head and it has two circular uh, knobs for the best for the word want of a better word on the right hand side uh, X Pain X, they're not the hundred and forty four pounds on Amazon. You've got to hunt for them. hundred pounds, it's not the the easiest price to find. I know there's someone that has an argument with me about it all the time, saying that I'm an Oculus bias. I love my Vive. I'm never going to give up. Never going to give up the Vive. I'll buy the new Vive when it comes as well because I love the weight of the Vive over the Oculus. But the Oculus is definitely the easiest to market because it's cheapest and it works well. Um, so yeah, the head strap's got a crust, a plastic cradle at the back of your head, and then long strips that, that you. You can expand forward and then tighten them up. It allows you to hold the, the, the headset on your eyes and then just reach back and grab the back of the strap in the back of your head and then just swing that up so that you can take the thing off much easier without messing up your hair. So if you're particularly vain. And it has built-in speakers and the speakers are actually, the headphones are very good. So it brings all the features of the Oculus to the Vive and it is actually um, having chatted with my brother who loves the Oculus um, he says that this is a better headset now than the Oculus with that attached to it so uh, unfortunately there's still a long way to go with the controllers oh I see well uh, considering I'm still there with the the, <laughs> the, the mobile phone headset then uh, you're, you're probably having a lot more fun than I am <laughs> <laughs> but back to uh, uh, back to the live streams. Pom, did you manage to catch any of the uh, on Thursday stream? If you mean last Thursday's, yes. Uh -huh. uh, crime and punishment. The uh, stuff against each individual ship made it very interesting. I just thought role playing on that would be great. Have your pirate ship. It Warrenus and your um, goody two shoes ship down at Lave Station and decide what role you're going to play today. Uh, that's good. So, what do you think to the the chieftainship and uh, other things? Absolutely, got to buy them. Um, uh, just running out of money and I can't do Smeaton. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of other things as well, like. Um, it came out of Thursday's stream, uh, one of which was a tech broker. Oh, yes. Um, which I thought was, very, was really interesting, and we need to see what effects and what goodies they have. Um, because one of the examples they showed on screen was the Enzyme missile. And what I'm curious to know is, is the effect of being hit by an Enzyme missile the same as having the corrosive debuff put on your ship by a corrosive multi-cannon. In other words, is an enzyme missile another way of getting a corrosive effect? Or is it something different? And could, is this the start of uh, a power creep mm. uh, within the game, which concerned me a little bit. Obviously, we don't know numbers or figures or what's being done or anything, so it's purely speculation. But if it's a power creep, 
it starts to make you feel a little bit concerned. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've already got um, a little bit of that in the game with engineers already, especially if you've seen a video about the perma boost, uh, which um, I didn't yeah. realize was a thing. But uh, yeah, perma boost is where people are, are able to constantly boost thanks to an engineering upgrade. And it, it can, would you say it ruins PvP or, or the game in general? Just flying around, perma-boosting your your um, Ferdinand all the time? It makes a lot of difference. I'm not sure it makes a huge amount of difference at the high end of PvP, because everyone does it. Everyone, you know, it can, So it's kind of an equaliser. Where you've got players who don't know about it or their ships can't do it, it definitely negates some advantages between ships. Uh, for example, the Ferdinand becomes suddenly as manoeuvrable as a Vulture, for example. Mm. And faster than it, so the downsides of a ship um, become negated because of being able to boost all the time. Uh, I'd rather not see it, to be honest, but yeah. I'm not sure what Frontier can do about it realistically. Well, personally, the thing that got me my interest peaked was the um, new interactions with the survey vessels and the mega ships. Uh, what did everyone think of that? Because I th I thought, oh. Yeah, shiny. I'm, I'm interested to see on uh, to what level of complexity they are, because if it's just go in there, bust the hatch, grab the loot and run off, then I guess that's fun for a couple of times. But if you had to treat it as like a Grand Theft Auto heist, where you have to have a ship come in under um, silent running, disable the alarms, if you see what I mean, and then sneak your way in or bust your way in. If you've got options, it makes a better form of gameplay than just charging in, busting the hatch and run off. Well, they, they did mention something like that, where you have to, if you if you do, you can disable the weapons before busting the hatch and things like that. It makes things easier to do in a wing. But um, again, this is one thing that was, it got me interested, and I thought, excellent, we'll just um, have to test that in beta. It's one it's that and the wing missions are, are my highest priority for the beta myself, or beta, depending on where where you are. Um, did anyone see the thing about the recon limpets? No. Um, it did seem that one way to hack uh, into the into these mega ships is by the use of recon limpets. That that seems to be a, an extra new feature that might be um, uh, might have potential to expand on at a later point. Is that going to be the same as um, uh, Planetside Base, when you take out the guns and stuff like that? You can do the same on megaships? Yes, I think so. Excellent. I think they said at the moment it's going to be just megaships, but it might expand onto other things later. There's no reason why it couldn't, it's just they haven't done it all yet. Mm. There was one little slip in, in in the stream that I think everybody saw, and that was um, <clears throat> there seems to be new icons in the galaxy map for both Thargoid and Guardians. Yes, I saw that. Mm. Now someone's put in the show notes Thargoid and Guardian Alliance Allegiance. I don't know. I was kind of a bit. 
I'm a bit kind of skeptical in a way, but because are they just ways of easily marking where Thargoid and Guardian sites are? Is this something that's in their specific development build, sort of like a debug information or something they're toying with of doing? You, you know, it's unless it's shown as a feature, it could be anything really. I'm not 100% sure it's a Thargoid Guardian Alliance or whatever it's going to be. It could just be, well, here are the Guardian sites, here's the Thargoid sites, and there you go. I know that the Sovereignty have looked upon this and are hatching a plan to um, assist the Thargoids in a system takeover. Assist the Thargoids in, in a the system Thargoids takeover? The Thargoids haven't actually taken over a system, have they? No, not yet. I mean, I, I'm like you. I wasn't sure whether or not that was going to be an indication of them moving in. I thought it was more a case of in the... Coming updates, we're going to uncover some technology that will reveal the Thargoid areas so that you are aware before you move through them. Because up till now, we've not really had any explorers going, I just snuck through a Thargoid system. Oh my god, it was terrifying. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having missions to infiltrate these kind of places and come back with Intel. Uh, Intel missions would be awesome. Just saying. Oh, Intel missions. I used to love doing Intel missions in Frontier. So, um, yeah, I, I think, well, maybe that might be one of the reasons we've got um, uh, recon limpets, if we're doing those kind of intelligence gathering missions. That has potential. I still want the camera back, the camera missions from Frontier, the original. We see, I always remember, oh, the, in the, even in, you know, it uh, was X-Wing, where you'd have to go and, and take photographs of ships and scan particular uh, objects in space in order to get your missions, and that kind of thing, and, and this where you have to sneak in with your stealth ship and get in close and personal and, and find the location, kind of mix into, shall we say, a little bit of uh, Wing Commander. Finding mm. the, the, the bug home worlds and the, the key bug characters that we need to take out and then raining fire and hell upon them uh, would be epic to get, you know, be the pilots that go in there and scan the intel that gets used in the attack. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's that has, that has potential. We'll just have to wait and see whether or not they've put it in. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me, especially when they have things like recon limpets and, and things like that, that are it, it does seem that um, it, it's something that uh, people, if, if they cry out for it, I think they'll, they'll put it in. Um, so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break, and uh, after that we'll come back with uh, what's happened on today's live stream. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Now, one of the things that has, uh, has happened today is obviously the final live stream uh, covering chapter one of the Beyond uh, season. I think it's definitely called Seasons now, isn't it? That they've made Beyond season three. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so so we're back to seasons again. They just renamed it something different. Se seasons and chapters they talked about. Mm. So apparently, this is going to be free to every single Horizon owner, and 
uh, on top of that, there's going to be a vast majority of it's going to be available to people who've only got the base elite dangerous game. Uh, but one of the big things that is, that is Horizons only are the engineers. And this is one of the things, I think probably one of the controversial aspects of uh, Horizons. It certainly causes a heck of a lot of salt on the forums. So, Commander Shan. Why did I think you were going to ask me that? Because you've, you are an engineering expert and you seem to be, how shall I put this, less than enthusiastic about what's been announced? Well, the way I liken the engineering changes is uh, Sandro is through on goal. He's dribbled past the defenders. He's got two inches to, to punt the ball into an empty net and he kicks it over the bar. That's, that's kind of where it is, um, in my view. Um, it was very disappointing to hear they were going with, they're having to roll from one to five for every module you decide to engineer and you. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, um, which is which is the first one. I mean, the forum was pretty much universally against it, which is quite strange for the forum to be so united. Um, and I think uh, a few weeks ago, someone did some math. They said you'd need an additional nine hundred extra materials mm-hmm. to fully engineer an anaconda with all the heat sinks, sorry, the um, shield shield banks and stuff like that so it just represents even if you don't want to max everything out it represents a huge increase in the amount of work that players will have to go through to get their engineered roles and i'm aware of people saying oh there's a materials trader and stuff like that well the materials trader isn't a um direct uh energy to matter converter. You still have to go and find materials only to trade them for other materials, which you then have to throw away. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know, I, I need to get my head around it. And to be honest, I, I do want to test it to make sure my worst fears are realized. You know, I, I'm prepared to come on here and say, yeah, they're right. It's not a grind at all. It's fine. Panic over. But logically, I just don't see it. I mean, yes, I've engineered pretty much all of my ships to the max, and I know how long it took. But I also know it was a lot simpler to go, okay, I want a grade five, one of these. Bang, I've engineered it. A couple of rolls to see how I get on. I'm happy with that. I'll leave it. Having to do that for every module you buy... I just don't see how that respects people's free time. Hmm. Well, I can. I mean, I can understand what you, what you mean from that. I mean, personally, in my point of view, yeah, I can. I can see why you're worried. Um. I mean, Sandro and the company have said that it has a. How shall I put this? A nice sense of progression. Everybody who wants to jump on that can. Um. But he did say that the progress is faster. Meaning that each individual item that you're upgrading will be faster to upgrade than the previous system. Now, that for me seems to be okay because I'm only looking down some of these items and thinking, I don't want that one, I don't want that one, I don't want that one, I do want that one. I'm not wanting to engineer every single module. 
well, I'm talking about the most. I'm talking about the most common modules. So, yeah, mm. if you if you do an anaconda, you want to upgrade the friendship drive. You want to do the power distributor. You want to do the shields. Mm-hmm. You want you want to do some shield cell, some shield boosters. You may want to do your weapons, etc. Yeah, you know. So I'm not talking about taking the nth degree. Uh, and by the looks of the way it worked on stream, the amount of progress you made was random. So it wasn't a fixed. You do three rolls and you're there to the next level. It jumped a random amount. So you could do three, you could do five, you could do one. Right. The one thing that I'm confused about uh, about this is that when you mean every single module, do you mean the module type, or do you mean for every single individual module you buy? Every so for instance, single individual module you buy. And that's that's been confirmed in Frontier then. Yep. They've said that. It's not a case of, oh, I've got the, the Class 5 unlocked completely on my ASP. That means the Class no. 5 is now available on, on my other ships. No. Oh, can right. I just double-check? So, so, I've got a Class 5 multi-cannon unlocked on, say, a my Beluga, and then I, I need to go and do 1 to 5 on my Anaconda. Is that really, is that really what you said? If you have a new module... So if you've got an existing module, you can trade it between ships. Yeah. Perfectly happy. If you've got an existing module and you want to convert it to the new system, then it will drop down a rank. So say if you've got a yeah. grade 5 friendship drive and you, you then want to try and maximize it under the new system, it would then drop down to a grade 4, which you then need to bring back up to a grade 5. Yeah. If, you, if you've got, I don't know, let's say you buy a Chieftain, uh, which we know has got a a grade six power plant and mm-hmm. you want you want to go have a new chieftain so you buy a new power plant to engineer that power plant to grade five you'll need to go through grade one two three to four and then to five okay because sorry colin no go on ben you oh, first. I, I i was taking what this they were saying to mean you okay? You've got your power plants up to grade five with this person. You don't need to go and get your power plant up to grade five again with them. No, but you like do that. need to get your your distributor up to grade five. That's what I was taking it to mean. If that is literally every single time I want to do any upgrading one to five, that sucks, donkey dick. Yeah, that's that is. You see, because that, that's the impression that I got was the other way round. I got the impression that uh, what it was was that basically for each module, you upgraded one each individually, but that module would be available at grade five across all the all your ships. Not for each individual ship, you'd have to regrind it. That's not how it was shown on the, on the, uh, on the stream. That's not oh, how I, it's described. Now, caveat, we need to test it on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because definitely job for Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, because personally, to me, I mean, I think I, I agree with Ben. If that is the case, I think a lot of people are just going to be jumping up and down and going, "What?" Because a lot of them, a lot of people are, are there going, but that doesn't speed up the speed up the the engineering process where they say it does. It it doesn't seem to match up. Yeah, I mean, I can understand 
the speeding up of engineering process. So, you know, let's say you've got grade five and you keep getting shitty rolls. So you go off and, you know, you go and do your roll a hundred times to get the to get the right whatever's for your gun, say. I can understand how, okay, you're only going to have to do five to get the best roll. And then you go off and do apply your engineering effects, but... That would uh, if if this really is for every single thing I want to upgrade, that's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I must admit that I mean I'm not scared of doing it. I am just scared of the time commitment that would be required in order to get what I want, which is going to be if 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 what you say is true. Jan, then yeah, that it, it's going to it's going to put me off engineering because I, I know that it's gonna, it's going to take me a, a forever to get my T10 up to a decent spec. But it's yes. also going to stop me from trying different ships and things. I'll be like, okay, well, fine, I've engineered my Anaconda. I'm not going to go and do the exactly same stuff on my cutter. Yep, that's completely true. Unless you unless you're able to transfer yeah. the modules across. Well, why would I want to? I want to have a good anaconda and a good cutter. But I don't want to have to do one to five yet again. Blah. We'll find out. Mm. I mean, what did you think about the, the ability to add or buy new effects instead well, of actually having to constantly regrade? That was interesting because, I, admittedly, the, um, the numbers are subject to change. Mm -hmm. But I was looking at the materials you needed to buy the experimental upgrade. Mm -hmm. And they didn't seem to be that much different from what it would take you to go from three to five again. Yeah. So I mean, it I... wasn't just like, give it, like, it doesn't say, I'll oh, give us some two or three rare materials and then you add it on top. It was almost like you'd virtually been reset to grade three again mm -hmm. and you then had to work your way up in the terms of materials you needed to purchase the upgrade. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I do prefer that purchasing mechanic instead of having to buy it via engineering influence. And that, that seemed to be a bit of a ball ache for me. So I'm quite happy to see the fact that you're able to buy these new uh, effects. And some of them, some of these new ones look quite good, especially stuff like smart bullets. <laughs> that sounds awesome. But the smart bullets have been in already. Um, I didn't even know they were in. Yeah, they were always on, well, on, on multi-cannon rounds. Um, so they've been on already. And as a system, to be honest, I, I like the ability to just give them more materials and they can add an experimental effect. I think what may need looking at, especially in the light of the other changes, is how much extra that's going to cost you. Hmm. Um, the, the, and that, as for the, the progression thing, well, it, it's quite interesting because is there any actually point in thinking of, of a grade one, two, three, four, five anymore? Because it's just a series of progression until you reach the maximum. So why have a one to five? And as a feeling of progression, well, I guess if you're Sisyphus, you do. But if you're not Sisyphus, it, I don't know. 
I'm, it, I'm being diplomatic here. What I really think about it is it, it isn't isn't that the case though that um, when you're grade one the penalty's low and when you're grade five the penalty's higher. So now that the penalties are staying the same, whatever, when you get to grade five, your penalty every time you change level, uh, change grade, your penalty gets worse. Oh, for sure. You, you, even in the existing system, there are some uh, modules that are more beneficial to have as um, lower grades than max out. And that's absolutely true. So you wouldn't necessarily um, go for a grade five um, mm-hmm. uh, power module if you didn't need it because the heat and the stuff would make it too um, too dodgy for a particular ship. So absolutely. But I, I don't know. It, was, it, it felt like they, they missed an open goal, as I say. Well, they, they haven't missed an open goal yet because it is still the beta. And I think in this case, this is the point where we can actually prove to Frontier that uh, if you don't like the the engineering system as it is, this is a point to flag it up and, and say, hang on a second, we have tested this. It's taking too long to, to go up the progression thing. It's too much of a grind. It's worse than it was before. That's when we... The, that's when we can actually provide them with the data to show them that it hasn't worked. What they're going to do with that data, I've got no idea. But it's the awful lot of work into this, though, and can we really see them backing it all out? Well, is the main issue that you've got the fact that it's each individual module, or is it because of each individual module for every ship, or is it because? Um, if it was each individual module type, if you see what I mean, would that be better? I think it's every single module. That's what. That's What's what got I don't you? Like. That, yeah, yeah it, it's just it, it seems busy work um, because you're you're doing something, and effectively your progress is being, you know, it's trashed, it's crafted and trashed, and yeah, to be honest. I would have rather them gone to a slider system or more deterministic system anyway, because then at least that helps balance. Mm. Ben, Grant, have you got anything to add to this? I don't know what engineering is. (laughs) Oh, such insight. It's a wonder that you're here. Ask me about mining. (laughs) <laughs> that's the only thing I'm even less qualified to talk about. <laughs> Actually, talk about mining, I, I like that yeah. upgrade for mining that we're going to be getting. Oh with God, uh, there is an update about mining. There is. I know. <laughs> we'll um, come. We'll come to that later. I mean, okay. I just want to finish okay. off the engineering bit. I'm. I do like the fact we can buy our stuff. That's fine. I. Desperately hope that Shan is wrong in his reading of situation because if he is right, then I completely agree with him. I mean, I, I wasn't worrying because I read it a different way than him, mm-hmm. but he's probably right and I'm probably wrong. I suspect. Well, I'm, I'm afraid to say I will, <clears throat> I'm I'm with you on that one because if it is as each individual module and each individual ship, then ah. Uh, I, oh, I'm, I'm just crying thinking yeah, about how GTFO. much time would have to be required in order to get what what I would hope would be a decent chance 
and being as time poor as I am, that's that's always going to be a challenge. Pom, do you have anything to add to all this? I so uh, I, I see Shan's point of view, but uh, the game's got to change. We, we, I've never managed to get one of these god rolls, so giving me something that for the effort I'll get better uh, results for. I, I'm really happy with it, to be honest. Um, the the hundred. Uh, Cap is better than it was, might not be better than it should be, but the 100 cap on storage and materials will just make my life so much easier. Having to dump stuff because I wanted to get grade fives and stuff and then go over to paling and all that, I, I, I'll just play it and see what happens. I think where the, where the new system is better is if you are wanting to get that perfect god roll, you know, uh, but what it does is it sacrifices the ability to get a perfect god roll with giving everyone a mountain to climb to get there, regardless of whether they want the god roll or not. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I'm kind of happy with that. I, I've got my Pomsky character that I use when I'm in Poland, um, and that I haven't even got to a Cobra yet, which really depresses me. And, and going back through everything, I, I'm quite happy to for that one. I'll probably stick to one ship. So... Uh, no, I'm, uh, and I think for newer players, it, it, it will make more sense and it will be fairer. Mm. So what does everybody think to the material trader? Because I actually quite liked it. It's like Space CEX, isn't it? Mm. It is a bit. Well, it finally you gives know, me... A, they... Sorry, it gives me a way to get rid of all that cack that's sitting in my cargo hold that I don't know what to do with. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, just... Getting rid of a lot of the, the the poor stuff for what what you need for for higher grades in in the engineers it always seems to be a a nice one. I did ask a question about whether or not it'd be possible to dump materials and data for other commanders to scoop, but I think Sandro missed that question. He he started to answer it and then stopped. But I guess I guess we'll we'll have to wait to the beta to see whether we can do that. I mean, again. In this case, we're waiting for us to test it because the proof is really going to be in the pudding, really, isn't it? Because it's all great speculating all this stuff, but until we actually get hold of it and seeing what the numbers give us, then we can't really judge it just yet, can we? I think uh, we can look at the principles of it and then think, do we like the principles or not? Um, but as you say, they, all the numbers are being tweaked, uh, and, I, and I'm hoping they significantly boost the number of roles you need to do, or or, or somehow make it easier. I mean, the materials trader, I did, I like the idea of it, but it seems as though from what they displayed was you couldn't, I don't know, take sulfur and turn it into, um, I don't know exquisite focus crystals or something you, you had to sort of take a sulfur and then by donating say six amounts of sulfur to makes an arsenic which is a bit strange because they're elements but anyway um <laughs> so you, you have to keep in the same type so you can't just exchange one for anything it has to be in the same progression line um yeah, I, I took that as, as seeing right. I've got three. I'll pay you three arsenic for for your six sulfur. 
I didn't see that as oh, you, we take we take six sulfur, crush it together, and make arsenic, which we we all know is yeah. Not I was being subtle, you know. <laughs> see, I see that bit as grindy as it currently is getting materials. Anyway, I, I spent a good bit of time with a, a small furry rodent searching for materials, and with uh, EDDB, you can find the planets and go and get them. What you end up going to have to, you're going to have to find three different types of material traders to get this. So you're going to be flying all over the galaxy trying to find these traders to do your trade. You're going to lose some of your materials when you do your trade. You're probably still better off going to EDDB, finding the place where those stuff hang around, picking them up there, and then you've got loads of them rather than going to the trader. So that I'm less happy with. Well, that's 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 right because. And people have said, oh, the materials trade, they will lessen the grind on the engineers. Well, it won't, because you still need to go and find the stuff to reach the trader. It's not like a, as I say, it's not like an energy to matter conversion. You have to go and get something to make it into something else. Well, yeah, I mean, you've still got to get the base, the, at least the base elements for it to be built on, haven't you? And that's one of the things they, they said they don't want people, they, they want people to do that. They want. They still want people to go out and look for the for materials. They don't want the material trader to to basically the be all and end all of it all. Because if you when you think about it, I mean that's one of the, the the points of horizons is you've got to go down the planets, you've got to find these things. But based based on the based on the stats that they've given the six to one ratio, you're from a hundred. Your cap on your materials. You're only going to be able to get, well, 2.77 third line uh, f- grade three materials from 100. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just a waste of your time. <laughs> It'll be faster to go find stuff than it will be to do that, surely. Uh, well, as, as they've highlighted, all numbers are subject to change. And again, it's going back to the, the beta testing to give them the data to show the show what the balance should be. Well, one of the things I was thinking about, actually, is that are we seeing the birth, if you like, or the coming to the fore of engineering uh, materials as the new de facto currency in the game? Ooh. I think we are. Um, The reason why I think we are is because we're seeing these... We're seeing the tech brokers. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's like... I'll give you a super duper laser cannon for fifty six indiums or something, you know, or whatever. So it's you. Know, we're using materials for buying tech from the tech broker. We're using materials for tech from the engineers. It's giving us nicely customized things, and it is. You know, I do think it's definitely we're personalizing our customization and things like that. So that's fine. But it's it's a way of saying, hey, Shan, you know how you've got your millions? They mean diddly squat. Actually, sorry, billions. They mean that means diddly squat unless you've got a hundred widgets. Yes, and furthermore, the amount of new currency that you can store is now limited to one hundred of each. Yeah. So it limits, if you like, the wealth of every single player. Yep. Um, and I, I'm definitely in favour of. I, I definitely prefer the 
hundred of each over the here's a, a thousand overall. Mm-hmm. I so completely I'm agree always with having that. to get rid of stuff in that. It does my head in. Yeah, it was more the currency aspect than the than the um, the, the, the the quantities. Yeah, um, because I think what Frontier have realised is that actually credits pretty much are meaningless now. Whether you attribute that to Smeaton or the the last gold rush or whatever it is, but it doesn't matter how many billions you have, you still, as you say, um, need to go and collect your you need your thirty widgets or whatever. It is. Yeah. yeah, and. Uh, I, it only becomes a currency if you can swap them with other players in game. Uh, but then the problem with that is it becomes a currency outside of the game as well. At the moment, well, you can, can't you? At the moment, because you know we do have the rock rats, so I could go and drop my basic conductors, and you can go and scan and scoop them up, couldn't you? Mm. Can you? I don't think you can. I don't oh, think yeah. you can. Can't you? Mm. No, 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 no that's okay. the problem with materials. Right. Materials oh. and data, you can't dump. Right, Paul, oh, you're next. I'm going, to do- I'm, going to do- I'm going to do this live. I thought you could. Uh, I can I discard you- them. No, because people have done it. That's how people. That's how the fuel rats and people have rescued people. Is they've shot bits off asteroids, and they've scooped the materials up to give them jumponium. Yeah. So no, when I, I discard, I, it just I, goes into the, it goes into the void. It doesn't actually. It doesn't appear for oh, people to scoop. Okay, that sucks. Oh yeah. yeah. If, if you just if you discard it, it just vanishes. But if it you just shoot vanishes. Off yeah. ast- if you shoot it off an asteroid, yeah, then then basically you're able to scoop up. it up. That's how the the that's why the fuel rats went out there with one mining laser to yeah. to basically get this guy's jumponium. The, the the main problem with your currency thing is that un, unless they make the the data and the materials ejectable and scooped by other other players, then you know you are limited to a hundred of each. Uh, I do like the fact that they have done that with both materials and data, though. And that gives us a lot more. Uh, oh, but that, that's the benefit. The fact it is limited is a benefit because what it means is it means you can't stockpile huge mountains of material. You're always going to have to go back to the planet or whatever it is and get more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can I completely agree with that because... I, I do like the fact that, actually, I, I do like driving around other planets. It's, 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 maybe I'm just weird that way, but I do like driving around on planets. Don't worry, just, Colin. Somebody has to. Oh, shut up, you. You like mining. Anyway. I'll hold your hand, Colin. <laughs> so, <sighs> the engineering, still to be proven, but you're not optimistic, effectively. I think they missed an open goal with it. Um is my personal view. Well, I've still got an open mind on that. It all depends on how many how many modules have to be ground out, to be honest. Um, ben? Sorry, I'm just telling Pom that I really want to shoot my seeker missiles, which I've locked onto him, Adam. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and there's <laughs> I'm no getting po- distracted. There's no point in even asking, Grant. Um, well... The other thing that we, that we did get a, a nice surprise about was the killback. Oh, yes. Yeah, a second seat in the killback, which makes it multi-crew. Yes. Why bother? <laughs> Why? Because it's the shortest, it's the smallest ship you can get a fighter in. So that means it's the smallest ship you can actually fly a fighter and a, and a proper pilot, which is one of the fun things in multi-crew. 
having yeah. having fighter wingmen is actually really good. Next, it'll be a, a, a seat in the back end of a hauler. No, come on, they'll be daft. You get three seats in there. That'd be a nice wee taxi. No, I think I think they've got it about right here. Not in the not in the uh, not in the T six, but in in the keelback. Uh, because it had the fighter bay, I think that was perfect, and a lot of people have been calling out for it. And if there's one thing, there's, if there's one ship that I do enjoy mining in, it is the keelback, because you have that fighter. Again, stunned silence at the fact that I like nice and boring tasks sometimes. Not all the time, just sometimes. So, just quickly touching on the mining then. Um, I did like the fact that you could ignore materials and you can mark materials that you could actually scoop up. That That's quite helpful. Did you anybody else that, that kind of say that? That inspires me to go mining and ignore all materials. I'm just going to go and break rocks. <laughs> Is it, is it not the same as being sentenced from the crime and punishment? You might maybe, as well just go break rocks there. Maybe that's what they should do for the crime and punishment centres, is have people chucked out in uh, haulers with mining lasers, and they're not allowed to collect <laughs> the materials. They've just got to go out and break so many rocks. <laughs> and a big orange sidewinder chain gang with mining lasers, and off they go. <laughs> Actually, you know, Grunt, that does sound awesome. <laughs> Sounds so good. We want we want you on the chain gang. Yeah, but you think about it, people could then go into those chain gang areas and scoop materials free of charge, <laughs> or shoot the Asbo sideways. <laughs> of course, you have to do that. <laughs> so, Grant, just as you like going on long trips, I like going on mining trips. To be honest, mate, I love sitting in an asteroid field with all of that stuff floating around me. It's great fun. It's, yeah, it's actually it's very, it, I've always found that therapeutic and also yeah. the visual, if you get a, a nice ring system or a, ni a nice ring around the planet, if, if you manage to find a pretty one, it is very, 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 very nice. What I've found is a po pocket of matches fits perfectly in the X-52 trigger place, so you can put that <laughs> in there, leave the mine uh, going, and just roll your cigarettes, do other stuff while it's sat there mining and the limpets are picking it up, and just watching all the ships around you and stuff. And then you can jump into a fighter if you want to and go and beat somebody up. It's great. I saw, and this this will make people, don't panic, this is complete fallacy, it's, there's nothing, no fact in this next comment whatsoever um, with relation to Elite, but there was an RPG game I was looking at and I read the feedback and the feedback was basically that the game was, you know, lots of fun, but it was encouraging people to leave the game running 24 hours a day to do the automated processes like fishing, mining, and the wee character would just work on through the night. So there would be no... Um, active work you would just basically leave this game in the background um do you think you know mining if you're just sitting there firing limpets and not doing anything is that not becoming a bit like that it's kind of like the flight to hutton where it's just completely just flying in a straight line but that time can be really engaging of not doing anything in the game but being in the game and being able to partake in other factions other bits of the game you know communications with other people having a bit of banter so but that's well, that's it, though, but it, it's just prettier. Whereas the flight to Hutton is just, well, there's the um, station. 
lines, lines, just lines going past you. Whereas, yeah, whereas in a mine, in a ring system, you've got pretty views and occasionally other chips coming towards you and stuff. It's yeah, much prettier. <laughs> Which is why I still think they should institute a strict queuing system at stations. Oh, that's another bugbear of mine. <laughs> I just love the idea of it. I just love the idea of your position five in the queue. Ding, 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 <laughs> it's ding, just ding. NPCs just don't move out of the way at all. They'll just come charging into you, bashing you, getting you a fine. But I think, again, these, these are the key points, though. This is the reason why I think that, you know, these these moments of peace are so important is because that's the engagement time for Galnet News and Galnet Audio. That's the engagement time to have a look at what's going on in the system. Without these forced kind of gaps for air, then you just fill your missions up and bugger off. And, you know, before you know it, you don't even realise that the system that you've just been in was in war because you didn't give a shit. And the next session you're going to would really need some of the materials because you just don't give a shit. And put all these tools in, unless you create gaps where people can actually go and use these tools or um, ways that people can stumble across and play with these tools, then they just remain a nice set of tools that people use when they know what they're doing and everyone else just ignores them because think about it now here you come into the game as a new player holy crap have you got a hell of a lot of stuff to get your head around you know absolutely and and your first protocol is how do i why have i taken a mission that i can't get to why can't i plot a course oh this game i think that's what's gonna happen you know you're making the menu systems are beautiful We've been nicely handheld all the way through from Alpha, skipping along with the devs. And so when they show us a new update, to us it's an update. But to a new user, it's a complex menu system that is off-putting. So I think if you can create wonderful little gaps in... Uh, I know the tutorial missions are very good for the new players, um, and they're going to have to add more and more for all this new content too. But creating nice little gaps where people would be, you know, for like mining, where you can sit back and you can call up your Galnet news and use automated playback for the Galnet audio and stuff like that, or whether or not it's little instructional videos on the new system. Hey, get to know your anaconda! Here's our new tool system. Want to find out how to sell that material you just picked up and have that kind of nice little break in content that just allows you to sit down and absorb in context. I mean, just quickly touching on, well, touching on Galnet Audio, what did everybody think? Because I thought those, that Galnet Audio was something I've been crying out for. And I didn't think I was until I actually heard it. I'm, I'm waiting for the comic book. The comic book. Is that That fangs? might Is actually it? be coming, Grant, because they're, they're talking about working with HCS for it. They demonstrated a few new voices, didn't they? A new ship voice as well. Victor. We do have Victor Vector, or Vector Victor, or whatever it is. I think Is, it, is he an existing HCS? No. We He's have, not an existing HCS. But you, I'm, I'm glad that they're working with the HCS packs for these things because uh, as soon as I heard Victor come up, I went, oh, no, that's... that's." I don't believe it. Yeah. Although I must admit, when you, I heard the Galnet audio, there was a thing, that's Astra. 
it's this, it's the same voice as the no, Astro voice back. Yeah, it's Verity. No, no, it's not Verity no, Ast- doing. Astro and Verity are two different. Oh voices. yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I was quite there thinking, that's Astra. Excellent, because I really like Astra. <laughs> Do you not <laughs> think that's the, the only person that does? The, the issue is that it's something the, the YouTube uh, video making content uh, providers and makers have been calling out is lip sync. Um, and ma- if they get lip sync into the game, not just for your character, but for their. Uh, the little cre- their little creatures, the little NPCs, then you can mm-hmm. have you know Galnet Video, and I think Galnet Video might be a hell of a lot of work. You know, a whole department's work for a whole year just to get two weeks worth. Um, but that would be exceptional because I just think that the billboards outside the front of stations are just so underused. You know, can you imagine that, say mm-hmm. you're sitting there in your queue and you're maybe fifteen in the queue. And you've got, <laughs> you've got comms going, and all the while those video screens are playing videos of the latest Galnet news for that system. You got, you know, Commander Stroud saying, "I've got a problem on deck C. Please be careful if you are going down there. Make sure you wear your wellies." And things like that would be quite engaging. And here's a here's a a video of the most recent pirate attacks. Um, that could be quite spectacular. But again. We, you know, the the nice thing about Elite is we are chunging along. You know, we're chunking away and we're just getting little bits here, there, and everywhere as it begins to grow into closer to these features as technology becomes available. That makes it just that little bit more plausible. Yeah, I, mean, I see your point with that. I mean, that when you're you're approaching the the station and you could have some something like the Galnet news playing in one of those boards as you approach the station, I and mean, that 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 would be a great atmospheric how much work it would it would be to put that in we've got no idea but uh colossal. yeah it, it <laughs> no it really it is absolutely colossal i mean you think about how much work they put into the um trailers and stuff um it's not mm-hmm. going to be any less than that because you've got to, it's got to be good otherwise you're just introducing a weak point to your game okay ben just thinking about what you were saying there, Colin, actually, could you imagine if, say, you know how we've got the nav beacons at the moment, and when you're near a nav beacon, you hear that you can hear the Morse code broadcasting where you are and things like that. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if when you pulled up to a station, you would hear automatically from the broadcast beacon or whatever you want to call it, the appropriate Galnet news, or even, you know, I would love it if you came into Lave Station and it, it was broadcasting, if you're within audio range of the beacon, what's going on the, the Lave Radio 24 hour stream would be fabulous, if you ask me. I think you need to, I think you need to drop that one, Ben. It's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Pilot's just asked, does this, div- you know, all this progress, does it diverge from Star Citizen? That's the question. Well, we haven't got fish tanks or toilets as yet. The minute we have them, we've got to complain. Um, I think... Star you do Citizen. have more than five frames a second. <laughs> Next of the cattiness is a very pretty game. Um, I don't know that it's got the same feel at all. It is. I mean, if we can get out of cockpit that you're running around that feels different to the kind of out of cockpit in Star Citizen, I think I would really enjoy that more. I'm not keen on the bob in Star Citizen. Um, and the transitions in Star Citizen are beautiful. Uh, it's a stunning game. It's going to be a very, very amazing game. But their gameplay seems to me not a progression 
as such it's a lot more instantaneous action there so i think if you're fancying jumping in with a crew of guys going out and doing some you know fighting and stuff it's a far more instantaneous reaction to that so i think it'll take a lot of boxes it'll probably do extremely well if it ever gets ported onto consoles because i think it is going to be um, a stunning game with amazing uh, kind of quick action quick satisfaction gameplay um, whereas Elite is always going to be that game that you jump in for 10-15 minutes and you can't get much achieved and you actually end on for 6 hours <laughs> yeah I mean I must admit I've uh, just going off topic for a little little bit yeah we just, I managed to get the, the Star Citizen thing downloaded and I couldn't play it because it, it was just too well the frame rate was horrible but I'm quite sure that when you know when I'm actually able to play it, I'll, I'll give it a good fair shout. It's just it's not in a runnable condition for me at the moment. But uh, I think, I mean, just touching on uh, the newsletter for uh, newsletter 2010. I mean, they've got the new um, outfit packs and the new vulture paint jobs. Any anybody actually thinking of getting any of those? Because I'm tempted with the vulture paint job. But, uh, I don't fly vultures, but I did get one of the outfit packs um, just to say I've got an outfit pack. But the, uh, the Han Solo or Malcolm Reynolds look, he's getting a bit tired. I kind of wish <laughs> they'd, they'd have a new um, options. Mm, I do think you need the brown flight suit for when you're up against Thargoids. No, I'm going to let it go. I think we missed something out of with the updates, so. though. Did we? Oh, we, have, we have. Yes, kill warrant scanner changes. Oh, now this this did cause a bit of a, a kerfuffle, didn't it? Well, apparently the kill warrant scanner will now only reveal the highest bounty your target has, not all of them. I thought it just did one extra bounty anyway, to be honest. The, the, the way it's described as working is, so let's say you're, you're about to, I don't know, shoot a cobra, a wanted cobra, and it might have a 100,000 credit bounty in the Federation and a 50,000 credit bounty in the Empire. You will only be able to see and claim the 50,000 credit Federation one, not the, not the uh, Empire one. Right, I see. Because uh, I was always under the impression that all I was got got when I was using the kill warrant scanner, all I got was basically either a federation one or an empire one. I didn't get anything else. I mean, that's just my experience of playing with it. But if you go to a um, a res zone like a has res mm-hmm. and bounty farm in there, you'll find your tra- your transactions tab becomes quite full of all these minor factions that this particular ship has been naughty in, um, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Or right. won't be. So well, it's a sort of a nerf to bounty hunting uh, money. Well, I normally find I'm not in bounty hunting for the money. I'm in it for the fun. But, yep, we'll just have to... We'll just have to, to wait and I mean, see how it, that one it, plays it, out. It, it does actually also have a... Um, impact on players who want to use bounty hunting to influence background sim. Mm. 
Well, it's one of these changes that we're going to have to, again, test and then flag up if we're, if uh, people aren't happy with it. Not happy with it, flag it up. And if we flag it up enough, perhaps Frontier will listen. But we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. So, in the meantime, Grant, if we could just quickly go to an ad break, we'll be back with the community news after that. The community news. Okay, so we're going to move on. Just, I think, you know, because we're looking in the charts, we can see that Alien's getting quite antsy uh, and excited about the crate being confirmed. And I think the big thing that's a big kind of, definitely a quality of life update is the station calling you by uh, your call sign. Mm, yeah, those were nice little things. They did show off the crate, did they? they, they there was the impression that it was coming in this update, but I think they're leaving that for the Chieftain. And the crate might be coming in update two. Ooh, so in the future. Am I meant in to be playing future. something? Oh, God, yeah, I am. I'm meant to be playing that nice new tune from uh, Windpipe. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, play Windpipe's thing if you want. I shall play Windpipe's tune. So <clears throat> this is a, a wonderful... <laughs> I'm saying that, I've not listened to it yet. It could be horrific. Uh, we'll let you decide in a second. Sorry, Windpipe. <laughs> <laughs> Way to big it up. <clears throat> uh, I should do a sort of radio DJ sanction. All right, pop pickers, we're here with a little release here from Mindwipe. It was a little bit Christmassy and designed as a tribute to the fitting Mobius group. Ha Right, here we go. Enjoy. It's called So It. So here it is. Come join Mobius. And welcome back. Um, we're going to quickly go over the the uh, the things that have been happening in the community in the last in the last week or so. Uh, the first thing that we should flag up is that the January issue of the Sagittarius Eye has now been uh, created. It's available from uh, www.sagittariuseyes.com, and it's the January issue, and it it has um, insights on galactic conspiracies. A report on Pro, uh, Project Equinox, a review of the T10, and a second look at the beloved Cobra Mark III. Um, I mean, I've had a look over this. It, it's well put together as it usually is. Um, anybody else seen this one yet? Yes, I did. I thought it was excellent. Mm. It's well worth following. Uh, what, what impresses me is how much work actually goes into producing it each month. Mm. I mean, the, the the way they pull it together with the artwork and, and that kind of stuff, I think that's it's absolutely fantastic. It's up there with... I, I think it's up there with, with professional magazines, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, maybe I don't have much experience of, of professional magazines, but... Well, put it this way, I'd certainly rather read this than Vogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's certainly better than the, than the village newsletter that drops through your letterbox every month to say the church roof needs fixing please could you whatever so yeah it's it's a really good quality uh production mm. and, and another thing about uh, quality production uh, productions uh the legend that is ghost giraffe who is basically um responsible for star cops or, or was it space cops or star cops Space Cops. Space Cops. Um, they have gone and done a fantastic intro video, which is the things that everybody knows but you, which are the five or six things which 
really nobody really talks about, but everyone needs to know, and they've presented it in a oh, in a fantastic, fantastic, hilarious manner. Everyone's got to have seen this by now, surely. It was in on Reddit. It was highly rated. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't think. I think I knew everything, but I wasn't. I did. It's something I hadn't really thought about. Was the the landing gear for getting stuck and unstuck? You know, when it was like mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I could do that, rather than having it at the forefront of my mind, as it were. Oh, see, that's one of the things I didn't know. No, it's it's a trick I've used in the past to escape when I was in the oh when I was uh, flying around some of the mycoid structures, I got stuck in them and had to use that trick to escape from them like that. Uh, but it's it's really good, and I will post the link into the show notes and everything like that, obviously for everybody. And in addition to that, there is also another um, YouTube video which has come out called It's a Gorgeous Ship by uh, by Rick Murray. Uh, has anyone else seen that one? I think I saw, I saw links to it. I've not had an opportunity to check it for copyright issues with my uh, business. Yes, I, I, I have seen that as well, and it is a gorgeous video. <laughs> um, hey, keep names it, it's, it's hand-drawn <laughs> art or not hand-drawn art I think he does it as a computer but it's it's not using in-game asset it's not using in-game sort of stuff this guy's created it fully himself and it's it's so true about the Imperial Cutter and it just it made me laugh and it looks lovely um, and the guy's an awesome he's a great he's a great animator yeah um, it's just he does a whole lot of oh Overwatch videos as well. <laughs> yes, I will say gorgeous again if you want, Grant. <laughs> Just jump in so... on the opportunity while I can. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? www.gorjus.com or .co.uk yeah, or something? I don't know what that's about at all. Is that anything to do with the video? It's got absolutely nothing to do with the video, but that's also gorgeous artwork. Ah, if I were in the post. <laughs> there we are. You've finally got Grant happy. Wonderful. <laughs> now, has anybody seen this uh, other thing by Carlos Regi- Rod- Rodriguez about uh, an I- iOS companion app? Only in the show notes. I haven't had a look at the, uh, the actual app itself. You know, I think, oh, crikey, did I, I, I'd seen something about it. Um, I hadn't had a real, I've not consciously committed anything to my head. Um, <laughs> so you put it in and then didn't know what it was. I can't, well, because on the, the, the back of the app that we talked about last week, which was awesome for going onto the little keyboard, which Foz has lapped up and is now just lording it and sending us continual pictures of his keyboard and his little display. Yeah, he um, is, isn't he? <laughs> I was kind of looking into that app, and I, and I can't remember if there was. Oh, it was it's still being developed, though, isn't it? It is. It, he's he's asking for basically people to help him out with a, a few beta testers to try and make it uh, a little bit, uh, obviously more robust. It says it's to give you system information when you jump to a new system, gives you material information on scanned planets, gives bounty hunting information on bounty hunting. That would be interesting. 
Um, so if you're in, um, interested, um, head, he's in the uh, Elite Dangerous uh, community. We will put a, a post in the show notes and you'll be able to link on that uh, that post and uh, register your interest for um, for the beta. Uh, just quickly, there's a couple of other things that people are, are calling out for. Um, Ambassador Athreon, who runs the Elite Dangerous blog, as well as creating um, those awesome blueprints, um, he's asking for help to create a vehicle codex. The intention is to have a Bible of elite vehicles, not just the ships, uh, just so that you know they can they can put things together. I mean, um, presumably, then this means. Um, not just vehicles in game, because otherwise you're just got the SRV and yellow lorry. Well, yeah, it's not that. It's it's also the skimmers. You'd like information on the skimmers if people can somehow supply that. But uh, yeah, I think he's a little bit lost about how fast the skim, the various types of models of skimmer go. Uh, I must admit, I've, I've only seen three types of skimmer, but. Um, well, Ben had a lot of experience with skimmers a while back, didn't you, Ben? So, well, they were reaching terminal velocity. <laughs> Damn drop bears. Yeah. And uh, another thing for those bug haters out there, the Anti-Thargoid League are planning another a mass assault on a couple of Medusa-class Thargoids on February the 3rd. They'd like to... Um, They'd like to, as many people involved as possible. Um, so if you if you look up uh, the Anti-Xeno League on uh, in the Aliens subsection of the forums, you'll find Commander Gluttony Fang and uh, the various people who are organising these uh, this event. Uh, so if you want to go bug hunting, uh, there's an opportunity too. That's interesting. I consider that a slug is a bug, and if you use salt in a slug, you can, you know. So if we were to surround our systems with salt, if the Thargoids were, were you know, slugs, then we could defend ourselves with just a big gigantic salt ring. Um, but that does bring me to a, a hypothesis, because if you want to take out <laughs> ants and insects, then surely all we need to do is build gigantic magnifying glasses and then angle them from the sun at Thargoid ships. Do you think that one of the reasons that the people are getting so angry on the forums is to generate enough salt to protect the systems? <laughs> it's possible, maybe that's why Frontier keep mining it, because the Guardians are actually giant slugs. <laughs> oh, dear. So does, this, does this mean we'll now be calling uh, engineered uh, multi-cannon round slug pellets? <laughs> <laughs> I think we will be from now on. <laughs> tell you what, though, I tell you what, you know, a lot of games, and certainly Elite is guilty of this, is when you're on the planet's surface, there's an awful lot of nothing. And, you know, if you want to bring some life, then there's nothing would be funnier than Benny Hill moments of SRVs running along, dropping anti bug devices behind them, being chased by giant slugs. That actually could be a lot of fun. Oh dear! Now, now you all you need now is a bold gigantic SRV ribs. To slap at the end of it, <laughs> big ribs <laughs> on the top of your SRV because you've been on a dinosaur planet. Oh yeah, the Flintstones comes to life. Oh, that's going to be brilliant. Oh <laughs> uh, well, moving away from um, <laughs> trance insanity. Pilot, um, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'd like to to welcome Commander Pom. Uh, uh, Now, I've got to to say I've got a little bit of a vested interest in in here, but um, Commander Pom, you've come up with a four-player space-based board game which uses models from Elite Dangerous. Do you want to go into a little bit of detail about this? Absolutely. So... um I, I don't have the intelligence or patience of our friends in EDRPG and Elite Encounters, um, but wanted to hand something back to the community. And being a heavy drinker, um, I tend to wake up in the middle of the night with very strange ideas and uh, came up with this board game. It, it's been through a few iterations, but the, the, the core of it is um, a, a board game that allows you to go exploring, trading, and base building. Um, I would like to uh, share it with uh, the elite community. I'd love to get the uh, elite, uh, sorry, Frontier Developments licensing so that I can use the ships officially. Otherwise, I'm going to have to unbrand it completely and design my own ships, which will be a bit of a depression. Um but hoping to bring it along to Elite Meet and um, LaveCon um, just as soon as they set the tickets up for sale. Um, and also going to be playing it in and around Bristol as well. Um, I don't know if Grant can chuck up any pictures, but I can talk talk it through a little bit. So the, the, there's three phases to the game. Um, as I said, you start off with uh, exploration uh, and... Again, there may or may not be some material from the game. Um, searching for uh, particular types of planets that you can build bases on. Uh, once you find those planets, you uh, build a base, and that's where the 3D printing comes in. Um, uh, I've played around with that a bit. It used to be 19, but found out that was really complex, so reduced it down to three um, with three levels. Um, once you... Once you've built the base, um, then you've got to start trading, and that means carrying cargo round from one space station to the next to make money, while defending your base and yourself from pirates, system authority, and other players. Oh, and the bases can also defend themselves and attack players as well. So that's a really rough run-through of what you can do. Um any questions? Well, obviously, the um, you've said that you're looking to do 3D printed models, and mm. having a little bit of experience in this along this line, um, I wish you a lot of luck with that. <laughs> Thanks but, for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a look at over the, the plain pieces; they look very good. Um, and to tell you the truth. I would like I would like to give it a go. Excellent. Um, so you think of bringing it along to Elite Meet, um, Grant? Do we have any details about Elite Meet that so far that we can announce? Um, no, maybe maybe you should ask me uh, about um, the Lavecon. Okay, I will ask you about Lavecon. Um, I don't. I maybe prefer to talk about Elite Meet. 
<laughs> Grant, do you know anything that's happening about Fantasticon, actually? I have probably got more information on that one. <laughs> I was just um, that, yes. And it's later on in the year. Um, no, we, we are... There was an issue, I think we had the issue obviously with the, the delay last week, but uh, we were told that we'd have 24 hours notice before tickets went on sale for LaveCon. Um, so I'll give you the information that I've got up to date. Then there was a hard drive crash and they're currently data recovering uh, to get that data back off the hard drive and then tickets will go on sale as soon as they can thereafter. But they are going to give 24 hours notice prior. That's the last information update I've had. We've asked for another one, but we've not received one yet. Um, so we'll let you know as soon as there's any updates on that. Uh, with regards to Elite Meet, Elite Meet, we are currently looking at some venues. Again, with our original venue, um, wasn't going to work out. So we are expecting that to well, basically get some information on that ASAP and then let you know as soon as it appears. Um, so that is currently under underway. So yeah, we'll hopefully get some information for you guys soon on these two things. They are still going concerns, but if that's what you're concerned about, tickets will go on sale for LaveCon. We will be having some kind of elite meet as well. Um, at the moment, we're just not sure until uh, we check these new venues how su- you know how well, suitable they're going to be. Um, Do you have an approximate part of the country for elite meet? Uh, there's absolutely no point on this planet asking me that question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Commander Pond. Well, we we hope to see this game in action at at one of them, whenever they are. <laughs> I'm just bringing some pictures up on the stream for people to have a look at as well of the game. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be sort of more middle of the country rather than south or north. Um, so uh, that's that's the only bit of information. That's the plan for Elite Meet. Um, but I'm not really good with geography at all, which is why I get lost in space. That board looks fantastic, Pom. So it, that that one does. with the uh, extra bits, actually playing that game, although it, it, it's closer to a role-playing game, um, and I'm aiming it at the simpler people because I am simple, um, <laughs> and, and it would take the same sort of time as a role-playing game. Um, so it, it might be uh, phase two that we bring out one with that that amount of complexity, but uh, or I thought about possibly just doing a, a base building without the space exploration and everything else. But um, that's that's for Ron. I just want to concentrate on the first part of the game, uh, the first game first. So uh, yeah. What, I know, yeah, I've, so- I've just brought up a picture of the box as well, um, and you've got some interesting, sort of almost like Dalek-style pieces, and that was <laughs> that was me keeping it clean. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, um, what I'd really like is a is a multi uh, a multi-leveled um, base, basically. So you've got a, a grade one, grade two, grade three level base. Grade one uh, has less defense and less uh, whole points than two and two has less than three um the point being is that you upgrade your base to protect it because by the time you've got into an anaconda that has the best attack um your base is at risk if you've only got level one because the anaconda will take it out too quickly so it's kind of you've got three levels of ships three levels of base um and yes, they will be better than that. This is just a prototype to to show that it will work, to show that the game game will actually play through nicely and complete mm-hmm. within a reasonable time scale. Yeah, 
Oh, I have been there. I, I understand your pains of playtesting. So. Yeah. That is the 11th iteration, I think, possibly more on some pieces and some parts of the game. Yeah. Uh, oh, how many times have I got... The, I lost count of the amount of iterations we did for the miniatures game with Dave Hughes. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I can understand the prototypes themselves... It's very expensive at the moment for for the pro to produce the prototype, isn't it? So absolutely, I, I spent over a hundred pounds um, having three D models printed. Uh, SLA was lovely, really detailed, but fifteen pounds a model. Mm. PLA um, was a lot cheaper, but ended up buying this monoprice mini for one hundred and fifty quid, and it is really good. Really like it. Mm. And I didn't have to build it from scratch. <laughs> I am jealous. I am absolutely jealous of the fact you've got a 3D printer that make my life so much easier. But, uh, yeah. So, just to finish up here, um, has anybody got any other business they want to basically quickly discuss before, uh, before we begin to wrap up? We'll start with uh, Grant. Uh, no. Nope, that's fine. Of course, please join Grant and the Hutton Truckers on Thursday night. Uh, he'll quite surely bring you up to all your trucking needs. Uh, ben? Other than I'm going to keep trying to stay alive, I think I'm good. Okay, that's, that's good, Keith. The trick is to keep breathing. That's as long as it's good. Shan, uh, are you needing more more blood pressure pills? No, I'm looking forward to beta on Thursday so I can... Because um, if, if, if I... If I uh, test on Thursday, then I've got time to pop into the pharmacy tomorrow to restock. <laughs> well, to tell you Ready? the truth, I am hoping you don't need them, but we'll have to just wait and see. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, you will be quite forthcoming with your opinion, as and quite fast with your opinion as well. Are you saying I'm Bobby? <laughs> I've been hanging around lawyers too long, haven't I? <laughs> And no, I'm going to give it a fair go. To be fair, I'll give it a fair go. Uh, and Pom, have you got any final thoughts of of what you've been? And uh, thanks for being on tonight. <laughs> uh, it, it's been fun, mate. Um, if anybody is in the Bristol area in the UK and wants to help me play test, then ping me on Discord or something. Um, but thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Okay, the um, the there, final... There was somebody, sorry to, to jump in there, there was oh, somebody, it was Pilot, is asking about you to message him in-game because he is in the area. I know that. I pinged him outside the game as well. I'll do it again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, apart from Mindwipe calling me a colon, which is, is, is always happy, <laughs> one of those bad days, um... Of course, we'll give a call out to the, the CQC dis Discord, which is Discord B slash uh, Elite Dangerous CQC. That uh, I've been I've been playing a good couple of times on it, uh, over the last week and managed to get myself up to fifty percent semi-professional. So there you go. Uh, and of course, after we've finished this broadcast, we have the fantastic Pete with the spoons uh, Galnet news. So that's it for another episode of Live Radio. 
If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to http tinyurl.com slash chat, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at about 8.30 GMT and streamed out on httpliveradio.com slash live. So, uh, I'd like to thank Pom, I'd like to thank Grant, I'd like to thank Ben, and I'd like to thank Shan. And I'd like to thank all the commanders that have been trying to shoot Ben outside Laver Station. So That's only Pom. Carry on, Pom. Go My on. My absolute pleasure. Pommelin Pom. Go on. I will. <laughs> so until next time, fly safe, unless you're Ben. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that like having origin certainty? <laughs> uh, Need a safe word. Space can be I'm gonna see the galaxy. Digest 23rd of January 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, fake thruster rumours cloud chieftain launch. Medivac Memorial Mayhem. Ants unwelcome at the orbital. Reassurances over Galaxy Sim security. Fake thruster rumours cloud chieftain launch. Representatives from Lacon Spaceways have been quick to deny rumours that the rear thrusters on their soon-to-be-launched Chieftain spacecraft are dummies. The rumours started circulating when promotional footage showed that the majority of the two rear engine pods were in fact housings for the landing gear, leaving little, if any, room for the engines, with some commanders claiming that the engine exhaust for the rear pods was in fact a video hologram, having about as much impact on performance as the spoiler on the back of the Type 10 Defender. They also pointed out the way that the rear thrusters angled down when the landing gears deployed, claiming that the Chieftain would go into a nosedive if these were real thrusters. 
However, Lake on Spaceways insists that the engines are real and use new flat-screen thrusters only a few millimetres thick. There was apparently a time when people couldn't believe that televisors could be made that were thin enough to mount on a habitation pod wall. These new thrusters are similarly groundbreaking, delivering several thousand kilograms of thrust from a panel only a few square metres in area and not much thicker than a layer of graphene. Vorsprung durch Handwavium, as the Alliance says. Medivac Memorial Mayhem The medical evacuation crews based at Harris Hospital in the Miola system are planning a training exercise and they've invited the Buckyball Racing Club to compete with them to rescue casualties against the clock. These will not be real casualties but will be members of the Frontier Development's QA team who volunteered to be locked into escape pods until rescued by the racing pilots. The rules of the exercise and the details of the casualty sites are being kept a closely guarded secret until the event starts on Saturday. But it's rumoured that some of the sites may include realistic simulated skimmers and ground-to-air defences. Harris Hospital is confident that its Dolphin Standard Space Ambulance pilots can give the buckyballers a run for their money. Ants unwelcome at the orbital. Disaffected commanders have been discussing whether it's worth trying to save Obsidian Orbital while it's infected with the scourge of an Aegis scientific establishment. The Orbital was established as an independent scientific outpost that would serve as a staging post for explorers heading towards the Galactic Rim. However, such lofty ambitions were soon dashed, with the anarchists of the Ant Hill mob failing to provide any protection for explorers or traders. As the system slipped into chaos, an attempt by the Federation to re-establish order failed. The biggest indignity came when the independence of the orbital was compromised after Aegis bought their way into the station, and the subsequent Thargoid attack brought the station to its knees. There are now calls for Obsidian Ant and his cronies of chaos to be ejected, together with Aegis, and for the rule of law to be established in Maya. But with many concerned that it may be used as a base to wage war against the Thargoids, Obsidian Orbital may remain a smouldering wreck for many months to come. Reassurances over Galaxy Sim Security A new and improved version of the Galaxy Simulation launches on Thursday. Rumoured to be just like the real Galaxy and modelled on a one-to-one -one scale in exquisite detail, the simulation features planetary detailing that's even more impressive than the real thing. Commanders are encouraged to stop the repair effort for those damaged stations in the Pleiades, park up their ships and take part in what promises to be the second most talked about game of the year. After that thing with dinosaurs. And don't worry, the galaxy will be looked after while all the commanders are busy. Tharg the Mighty, 
whose Thargoid battle fleet is sponsoring the galaxy simulation, has promised that he will personally ensure that the whole galaxy, and the Pleiades in particular, will receive all the care and attention it deserves. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.